Hi, I'm Brittany Pacheco. I'm Frank Cooper. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome back to our channel. Today is a very special pod between Frank and myself. Yes, I said that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but we are talking about one of our favorite shows of all times. I think it's safe to say, Frank, it's a modern day Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know the UK can get so gangster. I'm learning now. <laughs> by episode. For sure. So we are going to review the season two premiere of the AMC plus original series Gangs of London. It's been a while since the show has been off the air. There was a lot of, you know, back and forth about the premiere date for season two. And I was just I was actually getting genuinely concerned of whether or not we were going to get a whole new season. Right. And I'm so glad it's back. It premiered on November 17th, which at the time of recording was last night. So, hey, you know, it's cool. Uh, for those who have AMC Plus, you actually do get early access to the next episode, which Frank and I did watch. So we've watched episode one and two, but we will be discussing only episode one for those who are uh, like me, who own cable <laughs> and uh, would have to watch it either way. But shout out to Frank for the hookup. <laughs> Amen. I think we might have lost Frank. Just a brief moment. So mm -hmm. we are... Frank, are you back? Hopefully Frank is back. Can't tell right now. So uh, for the time being, I'm going to uh, just kind of break it down in terms of our cast. And I... Frank, are you, you back me? with us? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. You kind of broke up a little bit. Okay. So. Yeah. So, oh, uh, so what were you saying? Uh, you know, shout out. I gave you the shout out for the early, you know, early access uh, <laughs> to AMC Plus. So, no, I, I was just saying the the Watchers family, man. We always we always try to look out for each other, man. We got logins and uh, for, for different apps. We, we we're here to no, fit we in. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we Actually, each and every one of us, we all pay for our own way. I'm <laughs> say. Yeah, we're going to go with that. So uh, back to what I was going to talk about, the casting. Uh, you know, for, for us, Frank, I, I mean, I know you've got family over in the UK, so maybe they're more familiar with these actors. Maybe you yourself are more familiar with these actors. But I think for most Americans, these actors, which, by the way, are fucking amazing in incredible. this series. But a lot of them I'm not completely familiar with, except maybe... Uh, one or two, which actually happen to be from Game of Thrones. That's uh, Michelle Fairley, who plays Marion Wallace. Yes, y'all, she is back, you know, with the with the cliffhanger of the season finale. You know, she she met up with another Game of Thrones actor uh, by the name of Lucian Masmardi, who plays Ed Dimani. They're sitting there at the bench. They both have guns pointed to one another. And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And... I'm like, I'm like, is the whole Wallace family going to get destroyed and, and eradicated by the time the season premiere of season two comes out? Like, <laughs> what, what is going on? Like this, 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 and and let let's try to put this in perspectives. These are all bad people. I mean, these, these are all they. These are all gangs. They racketeer. They 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 racketeer guns, drugs, mm. women, all types of shit. But I think this show, this show really creates a, a nuance of loyalty. And if you're a show watcher and no matter what's going, no matter 
if you if it's, if it's amongst thieves, amongst coworkers at a, at a corporate company, amongst brothers, whatever, you gotta you gotta have loyalty. You don't have if you don't have loyalty, you don't have anything. And I think the show over and over again um, just reiterates the importance of trust and loyalty and and everything and everything in between. And when, when betrayal happens, that's when chaos happens. And I think the show does a great job of like demonstrating that man okay so so while kind of on that subject let's kind of give a, a really quick breakdown of what happened in season one without like going all into season one uh th this family that you referenced the wallace family uh you know they're they're pretty powerful uh, like you said that they they launder drugs weapons you name it they do it all but they also have more or less an organization they have allies who you know, are powerful in their own right. And they hail from different parts of, of the, you know, the world, but they all had their own agendas as well. So the leader of this uh, Wallace organization, Finn Wallace, who's played by Colm Meany, one of my favorite actors, he, uh, he's shot. He's shot and killed. The family's trying to, you know, figure out who did it, why. And what it ends up being is that he was planning to leave his own family. OK, his his wife, his two sons and daughter, even though she wasn't really, quote unquote, part of the family, because he met a young woman, an Albanian woman by the name of Floriana. And they're going to start their life together and have a baby like it's just wild. It's wild. It's wild. But then once that discovery is made and everything else kind of unfolds, including the Dumanis, the, the Dumanis are are pretty much second in command to to the Wallace right they work hand in hand you know they kind of have like a front of what would you say it is Frank like it's like not it's so construction it's, or is it finance is it yeah it's construction and finance they they uh it's like an accounting firm they have like different they have different dealings with different clients they own some mm -hmm. banks and through and through all those dealings they that's how they clean the money and um and uh Dumani's son uh Alex is he's he's kind of like the 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 uh high intelligent money cleaner and he, he moves numbers around he, he hides stuff hides accounts and that's how that's how finn and his, his corporation are able to uh, fund so much money through through the companies and and, and make more money because so, so much has been hidden and not reported to the government so right right so you know as you do <laughs> but because of uh, finn wallace's murder sean not the oldest son which is kind of funny, but because the oldest son has had some, you know, health issues, uh, drug issues, mainly mental health sort of issues. Sean has taken the lead and, and become the heir to the Wallace fortune, if you will. And he's a bit of a loose cannon. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> now, Sean Wallace is played by Joel Cole, who I say looks like a like he could be another Culkin, like Macaulay Culkin's like brother or cousin or something. They all look alike mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Um Fantastic performance by Joel Cole as Sean Wallens. I, I know he's your favorite. He's absolutely my favorite. The the the, the loose cannon that 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 uh, Sean Wallace is is like I think is the badass that every guy wants to be wants to be like. And like um, I mean, look, I'm I'm by no means a violent person, but like my alter ego is like this GI Joe badass guy who just kick ass and takes names. And and like when, when I watch. Uh, Sean Wallace, his his character arc throughout the season one, to me it's it's a chaotic arc because he's bestowed he's bestowed this kingdom that he's not ready for. 
I mean, mm-hmm. like, and and it's crazy because like when you looked at when you looked at the flashback of season one, Finn Finn's way of trying to prep him was was one of the most violent <laughs> violent chaotic ways you could prep anybody to take over a multi million dollar corporation. Yeah. And so Sean was Sean was already screwed from the from the from from the word go. So when he does yeah. take over, um, he he handles it with a with a brashness. Um, he's all about loyalty. And by and and I think the 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 murder of his father, he became more about finding that out than handling the business of 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 the of the, the eight or nine crime families alone and making mm-hmm. sure everything is, is 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 up up and going. So, yeah, he. I think it's safe to say that he was really consumed by hate and and wanting to avenge his father and and take out whoever it was single person or a group of people in his mind mm-hmm. he wasn't gonna rest until his father's killer was was taken care of and he was not gonna going to live in peace until this was taken care of which threatened the business of the other families that are a part of this wallace organization like i said they all come from different parts of the world they all have their own agendas they all you know launder their own uh, items if you will and because of sean's like you said brashness of of how how to handle things he inadvertently starts causing the organization to fall apart and so you know kind of we we recently talked about black panther wakanda forever and like shuri's character arc about being consumed by by uh, vengeance and and whatnot and and how to navigate through all that. Sean just took it to a whole other fucking level. Like it was crazy. And I think, and not just driven by hate, I think Sean is driven by grief too, because, you know, Sean had this image of what his father was to him. Mm-hmm. This, this powerful violence, you know, a very high respected man. And to find out after his father's death that this man had a whole nother family. <laughs> and like, he was about to leave him Billy, his sister, and his and, and Marion for this young woman, this woman who, who's half his age and mm-hmm. an unborn child. So I think I think that too is all is all um, wrapped up in, in hate and frustration for what he thought was was a, was a happy family. So um, yeah, uh, that that frustration really drives him as well. Absolutely, for sure. Now, there's one thing which I will say that I think very much ties into going back to what I said earlier about this show being like a modern game of Thrones, the amount of violence and fighting the amount of blood. Oh my God, Frank, I know uh, because we're talking about season one real fast before we start getting into this season two premiere episode. One of our favorite sequences deals with a like butcher knife where the character oh, Elliot, which we haven't really talked a whole lot about, Elliot Carter is uh, played by, now please correct my pronunciation if you know it, because I literally do not know how to say his name. So- Sope? So- yeah, yeah Sope, Sope de Russo. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm not going to try it. Uh, but he's <laughs> he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's also uh, the only other actor that I can recognize. I know he was in Tenant. I haven't seen Tenant, uh, but... Oh, he was? I think that's him. I'm pretty sure that's the same uh, actor uh, in Tenant. Uh, I could be 100 percent wrong. You talking about you talking about the main lead intendant? I think so. No, um, the main lead intendant is Denzel Washington's son. Okay, David, maybe John David. David. Maybe yeah. I know nothing. You know, maybe I know nothing. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. I can admit to that. I know nothing. Uh, no, yep, you're right. Okay, I'm d- I'm dumb. 
it's all good. Ignore what I just said. Either way, Sope is is phenomenal as his character, Elliot Carter. He's got a, a bit of a history of himself. He's an undercover cop when we first introdu were introduced to him, but he's trying to find a way into the good graces of the Wallace family mm -hmm. and eventually does make his way into it. He starts working for them, starts doing all the bad things, you know, as one does. But, you know, he kind of gets caught up in, in this whole mess. He starts getting interested in uh, the Dumani's daughter, uh, Shannon. She's got a child of her own as well, and they're kind of into each other. And then all hell breaks loose. You know, all, all things are revealed. And then Elliot kind of, sort of shoots Sean in the face. <laughs> kind of. Dude, I could have saw that bullet went through. I, I thought he was a... No, the bullet went through. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure the bullet went through. But... Well, okay, we'll put a pin in that. Come back for next week's episode, and we'll talk more about that. But, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a real shit show. But the way that Elliot gets to the point where he is in the finale is so entertaining. From from episode one with that bar fight where he, his only weapon is a dart. Yeah, a dart, and he takes out I don't know how many people. Okay ridiculous water phrase uh was in that was in that that, that scene too Walter <laughs> was listen it was like the red wedding all over again yeah <laughs> jesus. jesus christmas yeah it, it was ridiculous uh but so going back to that one other fight sequence i was mentioning earlier about the, the butcher the butcher knife mm -hmm. elliot's trying to locate finn's killer he comes into this bloody ass like graffitied ass rum and there's this man he's only in his chones or his underwear and 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 he's wielding like this butcher knife and they i mean fighting it fighting to the death literally if there's a if you haven't found a reason to watch this show already that's the reason yeah to watch this show i think i think i was seeing i showed you i think and, and that, that helped you get hooked to the show like oh my god maybe because yeah, I saw George that scene too, and he was just like, "What the hell?" I'm like, dude, this is a TV show. It's not even a movie. I know it's like, and they're showing it on AMC. It's ridiculous. Although AMC, given that I've just recently watched uh, Anne Rice's interview with a vampire, which is pretty bloody, vampires. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm now not 100 percent surprised anymore. <laughs> so yeah, that that alone, like I said, if you're into gangs, if you're into uh, crime type type drama violence up the wazoo like this show is gonna be for you and mm. the only the only thing i would have to say is just because again it's it's based in the uk lots of different accents from the different actors you know, you've got some from wales you got some irish you've got you know different parts of england and uh algeria albania you know lots of different accents might want to put on closed captioning mm -hmm. it's going to be your friend just saying <laughs> But like Game of Thrones, you'll see a lot of creative deaths um, in this show. Holy shit! My word! Like the the, the even the opening scene, that knife scene, the guy that's tied up, that's that's on the ground. He's like, yeah, completely just just blistered in, in, in knife in knife wounds. I'm like, what the like? What mind came up with this kind of scene? It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. But someone who wasn't hugged enough, apparently. <laughs> No, right. It's it's concerning for sure, but at the same time, it makes for great television. It it it, it keeps you 
captivated. Yeah. In my personal opinion, Frank can obviously speak for himself. It's it's worth giving a shot, but I will say it is very bloody. It is very violent. There are, I would say there, there are trigger warnings for some episodes just because of the kind of death um, going into season two, which we'll start talking about in a moment. Uh, there is a suicide. So just fair warning, like be prepared to handle some pretty heavy events that go on in the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. But otherwise it makes for a great show. <laughs> <laughs> but not so, yeah. But yeah, to pick up from season one, um, so so we find out that so Sean's taking over. Um, so apparently there's a there's a, there's a project that Finn Finn embezzled money from these powerful people called the called the investors. They don't go by name, they just call them the investors. He embezzled some money, he put it into a different account to run away with his his his, his newfound baby mama and his unborn child. Mm-hmm. Um, they catch wind of it, they uh they set up they set it up to where he gets murdered. And Sean is not investigating. And uh, throughout the season, the, the investors, the investors uh, finally come to the conclusion that Sean Wallace and his family are, are unfit to, to lead this to lead this crime outfit, right? So um, they they pretty much incriminate Elliot, the, the the former the cop in this show, um, to kill Sean and, and, and to pretty much eradicate that family. And uh, and that's where we leave off at. Sean gets Sean gets shot and killed. And um, Billy, the the other brother, is, is on the he's he, he's he's on the run. He's away um, mm-hmm. with his sister, and and in the season finale, uh, Ed Ed Dumani, which is Finn's best friend, we came up with in in this life, mm-hmm. um, shoots and presumably kills Marianne as well. So it's, yeah. it's a very Game of Thrones like ending. Like the family that led this crime outfit for for eons is now pretty much taken out. And put, and take it out and, and put to the side, and to to, to start uh, to start a new era of uh, of crime lords in this in this uh, city. So, right, um, yeah, yeah, and it's crazy how you know when you talked about loyalty and trust and things like that. The fact that the Dumanis, at least Ed Dumani, was kind of taking out the Wallaces from within and didn't even notice a thing. Sean. Marion, Bill, well, Billy wouldn't really notice anything because he was so high all the time. But <laughs> t- talking about just how, you know, you 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 take the bosses out from the inside, right? And because that's because Ed did know about Finn's affair and what he was planning to do. He bought a fucking yacht called the Floriana to, you know, run away with Floriana and the unborn yeah. baby. Good job being conspicuous, guy. Good job. A little bit. Yeah, it's not the smartest move, no. Finn, my guy. Like, no. that's probably why you're dead. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, the, the fact that Ed Dumani, which, by the way, once again, he he's in Game of Thrones. He was Sal, Sal, Salador Sam, so, the greatest, um, yeah, the greatest pirate that ever was and ever will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan, fantastic minor character in the show, but still. When I saw him in this show, I'm like, no fucking way. But man, is he incredible. 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 Yeah. So like I said, there, there's loyalty and then there's disloyalty. There's these other families that have their own like stories going on in season one. I, I'm, I'm waiting to see how many of those are going to f- come into season two because we do have a continue a reoccurring uh, character from season one into season two. 
and that's uh, Asif Afridi. I'm terrible with pronunciation. Y'all don't come at me, but yeah, that's I, I've heard it. Asif, I've heard it Asif. I've heard it both ways in, in, okay. in, the, in, the, in the show. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that's just based on pronunciation from like the region that you're from. So mm -hmm. we'll say Asif. Uh, funny enough, played by Asif uh, Razamir, who lost his own son in season one. Okay. And that's kind of like a, a an important little note. Uh, I'll put a little pin in uh, because that kind of kind of matters in a way in season two, but we'll get to that momentarily. But yeah, so we have a, uh, him, he's one of these crime bosses that's that's come back into season two. We have uh, Luan Dusha. Mm -hmm. He is an Albanian uh, crime boss, if you will. He's played by Orly Shuka. L Listen, I'm glad that they brought him back. I actually do like him as a character. I wanted to see a little bit more character development with him because when he took out the Nigerians in, in season one, oh, yeah, oh. that was. That was a, that was a scene. And what's crazy about Luan is that I'm not he he's not even like I don't even like Luan like that. But like <laughs> but, but like but like his survivor tactics are how he he yeah. seems to over overcome and like overcome like impending death multiple yeah. times. Like he's in bed with the Nigerians on on, on, a, on a project he owns he, he owes a million dollars and somehow mm -hmm. he gets he gets out of it and he, and, and he kills them and. He's scot free, and in season two, he gets in even more mess. Well, um, but I think his driving force is his family. He wants out eventually. That's what he wants. Yeah, he wants out, but like he really, like really loves and wants to protect his family. Like that, he will do whatever it takes to protect them without question. And so when when the Nigerians showed up to his daughter's birthday, like that was a slap in the face to to Luan. And that's why he handled his business the way that he did. But so, at the same time as Luan, you have to realize who you're making a deal with. This motherfucker is crazy. <laughs> this motherfucker brought his henchmen to a bank and killed everybody with machetes. So you should know what kind of guy you're dealing with when, when you when you when you getting in bed with him as a business partner. I think when you're desperate, that's when you start miscalculating those moves. And and with Luan, that's kind of like a reoccurring theme with him especially with uh with season two so but let's just go ahead and start talking about season two uh we do have many of these characters coming back we have a new addition by the name of koba koba seems to be like a georgian mercenary hired by asif mm -hmm. and he's played by walid i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name is what is what here we're gonna go with that we're just yeah, gonna say that or, koba let's go with Co that yeah, sure. Koba seems like a cold motherfucker, right? Mercenary. He's not affiliated with any one of these families in particular. Like, his whole thing is keeping order, if you will. Because mm -hmm. he does say that in this kind of business, there are rules. Mm -hmm. You break the rules, they call me. What did you think of, of Koba in his introductory uh, scene? The opening scene. Uh, when I saw Koba, I was like, "Okay, this is a new player in the town. How many people he's gonna kill in this episode alone?" Because no, seriously, like this is a guy who has no regard. He probably has no family. The way he operates, he has no family probably because he, he he's very he's very he's very focused on the business. Yeah. No matter what it is at at, at at hand, he's focused on completing the task. And I think when when 
when we find out Asif hired him, you know that okay, he's probably going to be working ahead on the investors. He's a he's he's a trained he's a trained dog that's mm-hmm. going to that's going to go sick him. Um, yeah. For a guy like that, you don't know. One thing about the show is the more violent you are, the less likely you are to survive <laughs> the season. That's I can see Kobo surviving by the end of the season because he's like he's already made enemies with so many people already within within yeah. one episode. I yeah. mean, and 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 uh, and you know, going ahead, going ahead up with um, going going ahead up with a guy, a guy like uh, like uh, Luan, who is a known survivor who 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 would do anything for his family. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna survive too long. I mean, I, I I'm interested to learn learn more about Koba, yeah. um, about his past and how he, how he came into this business. Um, but the more crew you are in this show, the less likely you are to to see another episode too. So we shall see. And to speak on that cruelty with his introductory scene is he comes across these these young men who are I think they're Algerian, and they've just collected weapons from an unknown supplier if you will they're waiting out i guess for people to come pick up the guns but here comes koba and his team and koba mercilessly shoots one of the three that are sitting around he gets another a second dude to come sit next to him and he's feeding him bullets for him to swallow three okay dude's crying he's like he's- and for, for the viewing public, these are hollow point bullets. Hollow points are very long and pointy. Yes. And so they're about three and a half inches in, in, in length. So you're swallowing these motherfuckers whole. <laughs> yeah, I I was cringing the entire time this poor dude was made to swallow not one, not two, but three of these bullets. At the same time, the third person is sitting across the way from him, like pleading, like, don't don't kill me basically. And, and Koba's like asking for information. Where'd you get the guns? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. So he gets shot. He gets shot by the friend who just finished swallowing all of these bullets. So now dude's got to have to not only shit out these bullets, but he's got to deal with the fact that he's killed a friend of his, mm-hmm. right? Because it was either you kill this dude or I kill you. So one could argue <laughs> he took the coward's way out by shooting his friend. Yeah, it's it, that was and that scene was so beautiful because and I mean it was tragic, but it was a way of like no, it was, it was beautiful in this sense to like really describe the nature and 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 mindset of one that we call Copa. Mm-hmm. That was that was a great that that one scene exemplifies who he is as a person. I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to get whatever information, and I don't care who I have to hurt, who I have yeah. to kill. The job is the job, and I, I gotta find it. I gotta I gotta complete this mission with a high success rate. That's all. That's all. That's all that matters to Cobra. That's the, the true mark of a mercenary. Yeah, for sure. And and like I said, he's not affiliated with any one family. He's been hired by um, Asif to kind of like put things back in order. But that's ruffling feathers because Asif is just one of many families who are like crime bosses in their own right, right? So Luan, Albanian, uh, Asif, I think he's, he's either... Indian or Indian? I think he's Pakistani. I think he's Pakistani because I'm I'm trying to remember when his son was running for mayor. I remember seeing Pakistani flags at like a community mm-hmm. center. Uh, you've got uh, Ed Dumani who I now kind of has stepped in with the Wallace 
sort mm -hmm. of fortune and then like other families that, you know, we're not too, too familiar with, but there, there's a lot of people involved and they're all coming together at Asif's request and enter Koba. And he's basically kind of just like laying down the law. Like this is what our business is. Mm -hmm. you, you break the rules. I'm going to come in and make you amend the things that you did. And so he's calling out this this one crime boss, if you will. His name is uh, Basim, mm -hmm. and Basim was seen at the beginning of of this episode getting those guns from from the truck or wherever. And so Koba's calling him out, saying like, "Where did you get these guns?" And Basim's like, he's pretty tight lipped. He's like, you know, it was a blind deal. I never saw a face. I never got a name. Blah blah blah. Which Koba sees right through that shit totally sees right through it mm -hmm. and it basically ends with saying like he's gonna find out like the scene you're, you're gonna meet your end at some point but until then like i'm gonna find out like what's going on yeah and, and it, it was it was pretty much it was pretty much cobra playing chess not checkers it's like well if i mm -hmm. kill this guy now he could be he, he, he could he could be my only link to like find out who is supplier of these guns that are being so under our noses so um it was it was a it was a powerful scene and like you could tell for Koba to be a new character that scene of at the table everybody's shitting bricks <laughs> so that shows you how much fear and respect that Koba commands in the room um, when he's trying to find out who, who is supplying um uh Basim with these guns except maybe Ed I don't think Ed was really too intimidated by Koba I think he was just more pissed off that uh Asif like took this approach without really consulting with Ed because like, like Ed, I feel, and maybe even in his own mind, he can talk to the families and he can kind of restore order without having to go to these measures of bringing in an outsider or mercenary. And so there's like that rift between there, but there's this belief that Basim is just covering up for Luan. Mm -hmm. Now Luan has his reasons for getting guns and protecting his people. Again, you know, he, he, he got, <laughs> he made bad decisions in season one, obviously. So now he's kind of maybe trying to be a little bit more proactive and like make sure that his people have, have arms and he can protect his family. Cause like now his family has moved from wherever they live to like this beautiful new home. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of like living in a state of paranoia, I guess you could say, like constantly looking at the, the cameras and, you know, seeing what's going on on the grounds and who's coming by and 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 who does come by is Ed. What did you think of that exchange between Ed and Luan at Luan's new home about how Luan is handling things? I struggle with the scene from the standpoint that Ed Ed walks around as if he is the ultimate problem solver, but within his own family, he failed his daughter. Um, we kind of find out that he fails another member of his family. <laughs> we'll talk he, about that later. <laughs> yeah, he fails Finn. He fails the, the Wallaces. So when you when you look at it, I'm frustrated with Ed because he he he's been failing in all facets of trying to protect people and trying to solve issues. So I I, I understand Lawan trying to take things in his own hands because right now, as as a man, your number one priority is your family, off top. And, and and yes, he made Luan made mistakes in the past, especially dealing with the Nigerians. But I think I think all those close calls with his family, with his daughters, he's like, look, man, I made my money in this game. 
I need an exit strategy. I need, I need to get the fuck out of here. And but while I'm doing that, I got to get guns because I don't know when my family's going to get targeted again. So, um, so from the, so watching that scene, if I'm Luan and like I know what's going on with, with Ed and his and, and his and his family and, and his job as a as as a problem solver, I'm like, why would I listen to you? You failed in every fucking facet so far. <laughs> you failed your own family, so why would I trust you? So that's that's what I took from that scene. Yeah, I think it was a, still a really powerful moment for Luan to kind of just lay it out the way that he sees it and to, you know, uh, maybe step step out of line just a little bit because again, Ed is kind of at the very top and Luan is maybe not so much yeah. as of late. But Ed, like, and this is what impresses me about, uh, now I don't know if he pronounces his name, Lucian or Lucien, but uh, Lucian, he, he, his demeanor during this whole meeting, mm -hmm. it just stays composed and just kind of matter of factly. And, and he's like, I'm trying to help you. Like, mm -hmm. let me help you. Let me talk to the investor. Or let me talk to Asif who conducted the investors and, and get that reassurance that like, you're going to be protected and, but you need to give, you need to give up something. You need to give up a name. You need to stop what you're doing. That way we're not going to enter into like this war, I guess you could say. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when, when he, he Ed, goes back to Asif to talk about <clears throat> the discussion he had with Luan and, and Asif's a little surprised. It seems that Ed was able to, to reason with with Luan and but in the background you know they're at a like a cafe or a restaurant bar type thing and, and outside you see Koba kind of pull up and I'm like all right this is a little sus mm -hmm. already to me it seemed really sus I'm like why are you keeping tail like why are you tailing Ed Dumani like did you get that feeling or was it just me no I, I did too I, I think I think for Asif um could it, it looks like Asif is leading the, the crime families now. Now that the Watts is out of the way, is, 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 am I accurate with that assessment? I mean, I, I think I think maybe the Dumanis and Asifs are probably like on the same same level. level playing field. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think with Asif, he's like, look, man, I'm trying to make an, I'm trying to make an impression on these investors. I'm trying to show these motherfuckers that I can be the guy that can lead this outfit to the to the to the next the next generation, the next era. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I lost I lost my son. I have a brand new focus now. My absolute focus now is this family and is mm -hmm. this organization. So I think that was more that was more asset covering his tracks, making sure that he's not surprised by anything. He's like, at this point, I don't trust anybody. I'm gonna make sure that I keep tabs on everybody, so yeah. nothing surprises me that you know, and I can I can I can come out on top and 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 really show the investors that I'm the guy that I can show you that I have everything under control. I think that's a, a really great way of putting it because it, it does seem like he's got a, a closer relationship with the investors than let's say Ed Dumani does because Ed doesn't really work on that front as much as his son, Alex, you know, Alex has like ascended to being head of this now Dumani finance and, and Alex is, you know, just big balling. He's, he's, you know, meeting with, with, uh, what do you call them? Kickstarter companies and trying to get their their partnership and such and and he's doing some big things, but he's also visited by Asif about how he's going about getting the money and 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 Alex, I think like you you said earlier, 
trying to find a way to get out of this business and by doing things quote unquote proper, like, oh, this is all clean money. Like this isn't, this isn't laundering or this isn't doing any of that stuff anymore. This is like legit. And Asif's basically like, not really gonna work out for you though boy yeah let's have foreshadow <laughs> it's it's crazy because like the concern is we gotta deal with clear clean money i'm like bro how mm -hmm. you are running everything from drugs to women to 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 killing killing people for hire like yeah. what clean money are you are you looking at I mean, like the, the, the I mean, I know with, the, with with a lot of the building projects and the construction, trying to build more things in London, that's fine and dandy, but like yeah. that money has to come from somewhere. So I, I didn't understand Asif's uh, mindset here was like, oh well, I mean, we got, I mean, what's up with clean money? Like, there's no, there's no clean money. You are a crime organization. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you talking about here? And I think, and I, I think people take Alex for granted because he's such a whiz kid. He's he, he's so smart. And yeah. moving moving money and finding things and like unveiling things that they they, they just they expect them to, to 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 pull clean money out of the air and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, and Asif isn't the only person that's kind of coming to Alex with a fair warning, but we will see that Elliot's next target is Alex Dumani himself. Now, as a recap, Elliot at the end of season one took out Sean Wallace, right? He was apprehended. He was kind of tortured. Not kind of. He was tortured by that big ass man. Good mm -hmm. golly. And then he, I think it was a phone call or something. I can't remember precisely, but he has like some sort of communication exchange with someone. Lady. And he yeah, a woman. And he and he tells his, his uh, what's the word? Interrogator. Is that mm -hmm. a word? Mm -hmm. That... Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I'm a citizen of Panama. And we're all like, where did that come from? Like, that was so fucking random. And then the interro interrogator is just like, ah, like we have no choice but to let him go. And he's like, but you're playing a dangerous game. And then Elliot, like, you know, walks out of there, literally walks out of there. So he's been abroad. He's been doing jobs, assumingly, from, from this woman, his I, I don't even, I don't even remember or even really know who she is at this point. Like, I, I guess I think he, she works for the investors as well. The spokesman for the investors. I, I okay. think that okay. she's a mouthpiece for them. I think. Okay, so he's abroad. I think in Turkey, doing doing the killings at like a washateria kind of thing. Because people are like their heads are in the washing machines. There's people like getting killed like through the racks, and it's, it's just insane. Like when I say it's violent. I mean, it's violent. Like there was a man that died by a se sequented piece of fabric. Okay, it's crazy. But I didn't know. I didn't know Elliot has skills like that to kill off. Like he's by himself apparently killing off all these people in a laundromat. He's got military background. He was yeah. a cop. Like you know, he's like John Wick. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, this man. He's a black man, John Wick. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. But he's got skills. Okay, if that that butcher knife scene wasn't skills enough, I don't know what is. Dude, he took he, out people with a dart, Frank. With dart, he's falling off a building. He's getting crushed by big guys. He's getting stabbed and yeah. he's getting shot at. And I'm, I'm like, how is he surviving all this? Are, 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 are you an Avenger? What the fuck's going on here, bro? Like, how are you surviving this? <laughs> he's, he's got Wolverine healing powers. He's fine. <laughs> no, but so he's abroad. But then he, there is a piece of paper there that he reads, and and it ends with 
him putting the piece of paper down and it says Dumani. So then he's called back to London, which it's been a year. It's been a year since he's been in London because this takes place a year after Sean Wallace's death. Again, he shot Sean Wallace in the face. So he's going back and he's, he's like going to his car and there's like this red car that comes out of nowhere that looks like it's going to take him out, but he, you know, kind of dives out of the way. And the same red car we will see outside that restaurant, cafe, bar thing where Ed and Asif are. Mm-hmm. Because when Copa pulls up, you know, he's sitting in the back seat. They're just kind of hanging out waiting. Well, you see this red car like like come up and then just like rear ends this parked car. And it's like, mm-hmm. who rear ends a parked car? In really? broad daylight at that. Broad daylight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the driver, Copa's driver goes to like, you know, check up on it. Like you notice that the driver like kind of ducks away like really quick. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be good. Well, then Coba's driver gets shot in the fucking eye. <laughs> and and it's just it's like, OK, so, you know, we also are just going to kill like that in broad daylight, too. Cool. Like, this, yeah. is, how, this is how we do things. So when I saw that, because like you know, just just the, just twenty minutes early in the, in the opening episode, like you see how bad Koba is, this bad, this badass, like this untouchable guy that people he he inspires fear, and all of a sudden this guy gets like a, like he's pretty much submitted a warning, like hey, I could have killed you, but I'm just gonna kill your driver and just send a message. Mm. So I'm I'm seeing this, I'm like, bro, the bro. Lannisters send their regards, right? This is like this is like some like Reigns of Casimir type shit, like. <laughs> Like you take out my driver, you fuck up my car, and like I'm, so. At this point, I'm thinking to myself, what new family is being introduced here? Is it Lolly? Is, is it is it a new family? Is it Lolly coming back with more revenge? Mm-hmm. Like what is going on here? Who is crazy enough to come at, come after this mercenary of uh that you know that Asif hired? Like this is this is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So you're you're left wondering, like you said, who is this? Who is this driver in this red car? And yeah, it's not going to be the last time that we see this red car. Again, Frank and I have already watched episode two, but we won't be discussing episode two today. We'll discuss that next week. So y'all make sure, take the time to subscribe here and now. Don't forget to like this video if you're enjoying our breakdown of Gangs of London so far. Also, um, with Elliot, you know, Elliot's forced to work with these investors because they have his dad hostage. You know, his, his dad's in not great shape. Um, we can see that he has been beaten, it looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Elliot's, you know, he's caught in between a rock and a hard place. Like he's, he doesn't want to do the things, but he kind of has to in order to protect his dad. Like he's already lost his family, yeah, his, his wife and, and I think his child. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, Elliot's got a lot going on and, and he's called by the investor mouthpiece as we're going to call her, uh, <laughs> she's basically saying like, you need to, you know, keep your head. You need to like, like not lose your shit basically. And so when he's brought back to London and he's, you know, set up in his pretty nice flat, if you, if you look at it, like it looks, it looks pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what, what part of London he's in, but damn, it looks great. Man, he's been drinking. He's been drinking himself, his, uh, his sorrows away. <laughs> oh, my goodness, That poor thing. Yeah. He, uh, he gets his next target. And like I mentioned earlier, his next target target is Alex Dumani. Now, again, Alex, who was visited by Asif earlier and Asif kind of gave his warning about, you know, the investors and things like that. And 
Alex is like, nah, I got this shit. Like, I'm good. But, you know, he's he's kind of losing it at the same time because he's also like sniffing coke <laughs> before meetings and he's hallucinating. He's seeing Sean dying all over again because he was in the room when mm -hmm. Sean was shot in the face. And so he's he's out of sorts, if you will. And I don't remember him actually using drugs in season one. No. I didn't think so, right? So he didn't. This is, I think this is the, the, the writer showing you a year later that, you know, the, the, the death of his best friend is still handsome. And, and, you know, and to add to that, now he's leading, you know, this money laundering, you know, this money laundering operation with, with people that he's never met before, these powerful people. And he knows if he fucks up once, that could be his head. And I think, I think he's dealing with that, the trauma, the trauma of his, of losing his best friend, his sister being in prison, you mm -hmm. know, saying like, you know, his nephew being, you know, in limbo, like it's just a lot for a young man of his elk to carry, you know, and um, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, and seeing that man, just like, man, that's fucked up. Like seeing him do those drugs, it just, I was trying to put myself in his shoes, like what he's been through, like, man, I don't think I might've been in psych ward. Had, had I lost what he lost? I mean, because like people forget, like that was his best. Like they grew up together. They grew up in the same yeah. family, the same operation. They're, they were like brothers. The brothers, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like to to see your brother get killed in front of you, mm -hmm. that will fuck anybody up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and, and oh, now sure. and he carries that with himself, and I like, try not trying to run his operation and not fuck up. And like now you you're dealing with other people's millions of dollars of money. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of pressure. Oh yeah. For sure. And and you mentioned about his sister being in prison. So Shannon, the reason she was in prison was at the end of season one, she was visited by a cop that was actually working with Elliot. Now, mind you, Elliot and Shannon kind of had a, like a thing going. They, you know, messed around, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then shit hits the fan. It's revealed about, you know, who Elliot really is and, and why he's been involved in that kind of thing. But when the lady cop had the audacity to go to Shannon's house. Shannon comes out with a fucking shotgun and obliterates this woman. And so she lands herself in jail. <laughs> that's when I that's when I knew she's she's a Damani. She's a she's a Damani. I, I understand it in her, but like I now I now assume every person in uh, in that family, the Wallace family, in any crime family, got gangster in them. Because so, oh, yeah. before that, you didn't you didn't get any hint that she was like that. You thought she was like a, a quiet woman, like you know, not really want to be a part of his life, want to protect her son, being a mother, things of that nature. And when she pulled that shotgun, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, no fucks. Mm -hmm. Well, and and to further that, no fucks given is when she <laughs> is released, she tells her lawyer, "Don't tell my family about this." So she was trying to keep her business, her business, right? She she leaves, like upon leaving. The, the cop at the gate, you know, called her a cop killer. And she just kind of turns and looks at him and kind of gives like this fuck you kind of look and leaves. She goes and finds her son being picked up by, I guess, like a nanny or something. And she intervenes, gets her son, takes off in the cab and they go to to, I guess, her new her new house. And eventually word gets back to the Damanis that, of course, she's out. Alex is like, well, this is great news. Like the family's back together again. And Ed's like, yeah, I'm going to protect everyone. No, he's not. <laughs> and and Alex, Alex goes and visits his sister. Now, if I remember correctly, she's older than Alex by yeah. how many years don't know, but she's older. And he basically is kind of 
echoing that of his father, you know, I'm going to take care of us. I'm going to find a way to get out of this business and, and we're going to be okay. Like everything's going to be fine. I'm so close to getting us out. And she's like, nah, you're, you're dumb. Like, no, like if you want to help stay out of my way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, like you just got out of prison. You think you'd want the support from, from, family and, and people that you're close with. No, she, it, she just wants it to be her and her son and she's going to do whatever it takes to protect her son. Right. Mm -hmm. Who do you think delivered the bag of cash at her doorstep? I have a couple of theories, but I don't know if any of them really go anywhere. You think it was Elliot? I don't know if it could be Elliot because he, he, well, I'm trying to remember, did he find out in episode one or episode two that she was out? I think it was episode two he finds mm -hmm. out. So I don't think it could have been him. I'm wondering if maybe it was Alex or someone else we're not going to talk about until next episode. <laughs> quite possible. Quite possible. Yeah. I, I, I thought about, I thought about that too. It, it, it's someone who, who really cares about her for sure. Um, I, 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 I'm like X dot Ed. I'm like, ain't no fucking way Ed did that shit. Ed, Ed don't feel in every single compartment when it comes to like to protecting his family. It wasn't him. Yeah. Um, I was, I was thinking Elliot, but it could be somebody we, we, we shared not name until episode two. So yeah. Well, talking about spoilers, we got our boy uh, George here in the chat. He's telling us no spoilers, bro. You should have like watched the episodes already and joined us here on the chat no, he, in the live just, stream. He just, called, he just called me and I couldn't answer it. I was like, <laughs> he probably saw episode one. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah there you go. He says he, he just called Frank. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. George, you, you better carve out time next week to, uh, to join us to talk about episode two of Gangs of London. I mean, we, Frank and I have seen both episodes, but we're just talking about episode one for here and now. So, yeah. Yeah, he's he's caught up on on episode okay, one. Yeah, okay, so, okay, cool. So you're good. You're good. You you can you can sit in on the chat because we're not going to talk about episode two, George. I promise. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. So, um, yeah, I I was very curious as to who could have left the bag of money because obviously that's going to come into play in the future. I think in the near near future. Mm -hmm. But it, it, to me, it was really interesting with the dynamic of of Shannon, like just kind of writing off her family. She didn't want them to know she was out. She doesn't want help from her brother. She just wants to be left alone with her son. And I respect that. You know, I, I respect that. But it's like, damn, like that's that's still tough. Right. Mm -hmm. So and then she's going to have to deal with this whole new thing when it comes down to what happened with with her brother, um, which I actually thought this would have been a great way to end the episode. But there was a bunch of other moving parts that came afterwards. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Mr. Alex. <laughs> Mr. Alex. Mr. Alex is uh, believes he's going to have a meeting with, I think, maybe the investors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's he's preparing for it. Right. He's getting coked up as one does. <laughs> and <laughs> and when he gets to the terrace. Right. He's kind of like thinking or just he's seeing the world kind of move quickly or whatever. And then, like, who creeps up behind him with. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like a, a silence, a silencer on on the, the gun is none Just, other than than our boy Elliot. Man, oh, yeah, 
man. I mean, Alex was surprised as hell. I, I bet you he sobered up really fast after that, right? Yeah. So they had this conversation where Elliot puts down the gun. And he's basically... And just so you know, Elliot does not want to do it. He doesn't... Oh, he, no. He's trying to find every single avenue to not do it. Yeah. Because he know he knows what it means to the grand scheme of, of this case he's trying to build up behind behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, he's he's proposing this this potential plan to Alex where he's going to hand him like a USB that has like all this information, I guess, about the investors and and everything in their their doings and things like that. And, and he says that there's anyone who can figure out how to make a deal. It's you, Alex, like you like can do this. And Alex, probably because he was high, not thinking clear, not being really rational about it. And he's just like flipping out that the investors didn't want to do business with him. They sent Elliot to kill him. Much like how they wanted Sean Wallace gone. Right. So is that is that the same USB drive that Sean had in, in the finale last season? Didn't Sean have some incriminating evidence as well? He had, I think, like a chip, like a little, like teeny tiny little microchip that remember, like uh, Elliot put in his teeth. To, is that the same thing that that that, that, Elliot that might be? Okay, because that's why it was exposed. It didn't have the the casing yeah. around it, um, just so that you can make that connection that this is the same piece of information. Um, yeah, George here is saying that he attached the chip to the USB. Gotcha. So that important information, I mean, that's Elliot's really big bargaining chip to mm -hmm. align himself with Alex because again, Alex was there when Elliot shot Sean and, and say like, listen, we can get out, like we can get out, but you have to be the one to make the deal. You, you can do this. And, and Alex just, just like, nope, I see that. I can't. He says, because you know, they don't want me like they, they they want what they want and it's not with me. And then as George basically puts it here in the chat, do a flip, Alex. Jesus Christmas. Like, oh, my God. I was not prepared to see Alex take off. Hop over that ledge. Look Elliot in the eye and says, basically that the, the the investors always win and then he, he just spider man he cleared it and then did like like uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go back this way and fall down like i'm like bro like he did he put a spider man I, I was do, you see, do you see what george just wrote here on the chat he yeah. aimed for the bushes <laughs> oh my god george. but I, I guess my question is what between last season, because a year has passed since the finale in, in, in the show, what within that span of that year did he do or not do for the investors not to trust him anymore? Is what I want to know. Because he's running a big operation. Like, yeah. did he fuck up in some form of fashion? Like, I wish I would have got a little bit more into that. Like, or what he did or didn't do for the investors not to trust him anymore. I think it has a lot to do with what Asif was saying because Asif said something along the lines of, you know, money was lost that my friends want back. Mm. I think meaning the investors because of what Finn did with uh, moving, you know, 1.5 million or billion or whatever the amount was from one account to another. And they wanted that money back. And he tells Alex, like, you need to find a way to 
to make that happen. And having that on th that kind of weight on your shoulders and Alex is like, he thought, because that's what he said to Shannon, he's like, I'm so close. I'm so close to getting us out. And then he, I think realizing I'm not at all. I'm nowhere near being close. I'm, I'm as far back as one can go. And to, to, yeah, to repeat what George just said here, cocaine is a hell of a drug guys. <laughs> My you, God. You're in line, your show. You're in line. I no. think for me, and again, this is, and I, I'm not trying to make this a, a, a edge of money, uh, uh, pound party here, man. But, um, as a father to not realize to be in the same business as your son, mm -hmm. to introduce your son to the business and not have an inkling of the struggles your son is going through. Mm -hmm. Like this man's using cocaine. This, this is some big time drugs here. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's clearly struggling with, with what happened to his, his friend and what's going on with his sister and everything else. Yeah. And to not step in as a father to be like, you know what, man, chill out. I'll, I'll handle this. Chill out. I'll find, I'll, I'll bring in some other academic people that, that can help, you know, with the business. Right. Not to not, and like this whole, I'm, I'm going to protect my family. You're failing, bro. You are failing your ass off right now. Yeah. And to not realize that, man, it's, it's just a shame. It really, really is. So with Alex having committed suicide the way that he did, and then to actually see like from, from a distance, the splat. Oh my God, Bruh. you know, we, we've seen Game of Thrones. We've seen a child being pushed out of the window, right? We've seen a young man just walk up on the ledge and just kind of like, you know, fall forward, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But to actually see the result of one jumping from, from that height of a tower and just go broken body, splat. It wasn't. It wasn't as beautiful as you know. Let's say like Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow. So I was getting. I was gonna say ScarJo, and then I just got confused. Uh, uh, what do you call her name? What's her name? Black Widow. God, you know when she sacrificed herself on on uh, Vormir. You know she she looked all like angelic and she had the blood. Oh, yeah. No, no. Alex is like broken, just blood. That's it. Oh yes, and I, I cannot forget the bell. You're right, George. I, how can I forget the bell? That's my favorite, <laughs> favorite death of all time in Game of Thrones. My God. Yeah, no. So there's no question at all that Alex Dumani, <laughs> may he rest in peace, is no longer with us, right? Mm. So yeah, that was a big shock. I, I definitely felt that that episode could have ended there. But Luan. Badass Luan. I think I have a little bit more respect for him after this whole sequence, Frank. And and if you don't mind kind of kind of breaking it down for us. Yeah. So so after after the Alex Angel death, we, we go to Luan's house. It's probably like 2 a.m. in the morning. He gets up, he, he's getting a snack. Um he's making he make he's making a sandwich. His dog oh, but real quick, real quick. I, I wanna right. I wanna interrupt you real fast. There, yeah, right. detail. He's hmm? making a phone call to his supplier about halting yeah. a shipment. That's that's an important detail. Go ahead. Well, so at, at this time we know, oh no, no, we don't know. We don't no. know who, who's, yeah. So he, he missed a call to stop the shipment. Um, he's making a sandwich, dog starts barking. He's like, what's going on? So again, like Brittany said earlier in the, in the episode, he's paranoid, he, he's looking at his cameras every so often to see who's out there. Cause he knows that he's target now because he feels like people are, are sniffing around like what he, has, what he has up his sleeve with his whole gun deal. So we see in the in the shadows so, uh, somebody walking in the backyard wearing all black, 
And then um, and he's he's walking around. Yeah. He go he goes outside before you know it, somebody attacks him. Um, and like the it's like a bunch of guys, and like he, he's he's getting choked out. He takes he he stabs the guy. The first guy was something. I can't remember what he stabbed him with. So dude has like a like a what do you call it? A sledgehammer. Yeah, like he's trying to choke him. He's trying to choke him that way. Luan's like, you know, running his hand across the counter. He knocks over the the block of knives, gets like a, a what do you call it? Like the fork thing. Like, like, like a pitchfork or something? A, pit a pitchfork kind of thing. And yeah. then he stabs dude in the thigh and then he like stabs dude in the eye. Dude. He goes crazy. And kills him. He gets up. He realizes, okay, my family might be in danger. So he runs upstairs he gets his he, he gets his two daughters, gets his wife. He's like, hey, y'all need to follow me right now. He goes in the closet, up my man's master bedroom closet, opens up a, a secret passageway for them for them for them to go through. He's like, hey, don't y'all know what to do. He closes mm -hmm. it, he runs back out, and by the time he runs back out, two more guys are like chasing after him. Um, he they runs kill the puppy, kill the puppy, murder the puppy. So he, he's running through the hallway. A guy with an axe is chasing him with a fucking axe. He closes the door behind him. He locks the door and like he goes to a, um, a little secret compartment in the ground. And I'm thinking like, like safe. yeah, like a safe. I'm thinking that it's like a doorway to get going to ground and get away. But <laughs> now it's a, it's a fucking safe to get to another shotgun. Yeah. And like and like you know he's panicking. You know what I'm saying? The guy's is beating down the door with the axe, chopping it down. He's he's jumping the code the code to to unsafe to unlock this gun. As he puts it in, it goes. It it, it says X is denied. The fourth time he puts it in, right when the guy <laughs> opens the, uh, the door, he gets gets a shotgun, cocks it, blows the dude through the through the goddamn hallway. Yeah, goes in. He he's coming back out. Um, there's two more guys coming after him. He shoots them. Um, he goes downstairs, and uh, and I believe I don't know if, I don't know if he saw Copa, but like he's like talking. He's like, man, Copa, I know you here. I know you here. Yeah. He shoots the guy again in the chest. Um, he takes off the mask. He realizes it's not Copa. Um, and then I guess something tells him like, okay, I know Kobe was here, but I can't find his dead body here. So but, but you jumped over the, the swimming pool scene. Yes. Him, yes. him taking out one of Koba's associates. Cause spoiler, we do see it. Koba and his people, they're all masked up. But yeah, when he, he takes out one of the dudes in the swimming pool, right? First of all, how you have that lung capacity to hold your breath why you being choked time. come on bro why you're being choked but yet you're able to choke out another dude but you don't run out of air and not die like could we have had that happen for queen ramunda in black right? panther right that shit was nuts that shit was yeah. nuts because I, I just knew he was gonna be dead like there's, there's no way in hell that you have the air supply to last three or four minutes for as long as you was underwater um yeah. So, um, so he kills him. He gets, he finally gets out of the, the pool. He realizes that, oh my, shit, oh my God, my, my dogs could be in trouble. He hears screaming in the background. I think, yeah, I think he, he might hear his wife screaming or something. So he Someone. runs back. Yeah. So he runs back into the house. He finds his daughters and he realizes his wife has been kidnapped. And that's pretty much how the episode ends. Yeah, um, and, and like George is asking here, like, I want to know how he got into the safe room. There, no idea. I mean, no. unless Koba just happens to know everybody's birthdays <laughs> and just like took a shot and was like pound, 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 and like it miraculously. I don't know. I mean, we we didn't either. That, I agree. Either that, or he probably he his wife probably was concerned about her husband opened the safe room back up and ran back out. 
Yeah. And probably Koba saw saw her and kidnapped her. Um, that's that's, that's probably the only explanation, only explanation I can understand how Koba was able to get to the safe room. Yeah. Um, but, I, but but I felt for the girls. I felt for I'm supposed to say Koba Luan. Uh, when, <laughs> my bad. All I these interesting. <laughs> all these interesting names. Yeah, for the girls, they're you know huddled over here and crying, and and they say that Mama has been been taken, and Luan's just like beside himself because like i said more than anything luan wants to protect his family he's going to mm. go to whatever lengths he needs to protect his family and so to have his literal heart ripped from him i, I mean that's going to fuel something within him right yeah Oof. but i need to i need to say this too about luan um this is all luan's fault and i'm gonna say <laughs> it I, is literally I'm, I'm gonna tell you why you had a crazy Nigerian guy that you was dealing with when it comes to making to and you owe him millions of dollars. This man, yeah. man came to your daughter's birthday party. Him and his clique came to your daughter's birthday party at your crib, mm -hmm. at your house. At that point, I would have put my daughters on a goddamn boat, <laughs> on a goddamn plane. My you moving to Canada for a year. Oh, y'all moving to Mexico. Y'all moving so much where I can't even I can't get to you. Mm -hmm. To this shit dies the fuck down. Mm -hmm. After after you murdered Nigerian the the, the the Nigerian henchman and and after that season, I would have been like, you can't come back to London. To I, I take care of this shit, or yeah. to I, or to I move to where you're at. The fact that he the fact that he kept his daughters and his wife there after what he just went through the last season, you're not listening. You're not thinking. And, mm -hmm. and mind you, this your your crime boss leader Sean is killed. He's gone. He's out the game. He's gone. So. This just pure chaos, and there's so much uncertainty. Who's going? Who's going to leave the outfit now? So at, at this point, sometimes I tell you, man, my family's not safe. If I'm not safe, my family damn sure ain't safe. Ain't no, ain't no honor amongst this shit. Like people are killing families. People, men are losing sons left and right in this in this city. Why don't why leave my family here? It doesn't make any sense. So he no. fucked up right there. He his family should have been long gone by now. I think the aspiration of wanting to be higher than wherever he was within the Wallace organization. You know, you, you fly, what is it? You fly too high. You, you fly too close to the sun. You get burned. Mm -hmm. you know, that, and, and so now he's, he's reaping what it is that he's attempted to sow. And it's just not going over very well, but this does lead to finding out who the supplier is with these guys. <laughs> and, and listen, I, throughout this whole episode, I'm like, all right, when, when, when are they bringing her back? Come on. We, when are they bringing her back? And yeah. by her, I mean, none other than Michelle Fairley, who plays Marianne Wallace. Like I said, we, with the finale, my girl, it, it, it seemed like maybe she was going to die because Ed shot her, but then she's visited by Floriana, the mistress to her husband. And it's like, well, this is just weird. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. here we are. Here we are. Miss Marianne Wallace, who is in a hangar at, at an airport somewhere. She's surrounded by all different sizes of, of guns. And and she's here to fuck shit up. Without Man. a doubt. Marianne, she's my second favorite character. The minute when Marion was torturing that lady that shot at them <gasps> at the dinner party. That's when I knew I I was in love with Michelle Farley. I, I got I was like <laughs> Michelle Farley, you might be pushing sixty, you, you can still get it. That, that, that was that turned me on. I was like, bro, 
you are you are your you are your dead husband's wife. <laughs> Look, that that and shit yet, off on you. And yet you're not a violent person. <laughs> just saying, like this I'm just saying that shit was like I'm 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 basking in this world right now. So within this world, yeah, she is she she will be my mom. She will be my, my my bottom bitch. She will she really would. She oh is she is cruel and all about her kids. I fucking yeah. love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. So yeah, she she's over here doing her thing. She's carrying on some kind of legacy that is the Wallace. But I mean, she without a doubt is the supplier. Uh, shit's gonna hit the fan at some point when it comes down to to Marianne, whether people know or don't know that she is alive or not. I mean, it, her being back in the picture is going to really ruffle some feathers. And granted, we've already seen episode two. Not gonna say anything about it, but I think this was a great premiere episode for season two. Absolutely. The acting is stellar as always. The fight sequences, the violence is stellar as always. And yeah, it, it leaves you wanting more. It does. At least for me. It it does. It does. It's my favorite. You know, I love Game of Thrones. It, yeah. I love I love House of the Dragon. I do, but this 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 is over House of the Dragon for me from the standpoint that the killing, okay. the acting, and the, the pace. The pace does not stop. It does. It doesn't slow down. It's kind of like the boys. You know, the boys just just, yes. just a stop, frenetic, chaotic, mm-hmm. crazy fast pace. Same with Games mm-hmm. of London. It's so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. And like, there are times I'm I'm concerned. Like, man, are they killing off too many people? Yeah. But they 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 find a way of like just mesmerizing you with the storyline and just having interesting characters, whether they're new characters or not. Mm-hmm. All these characters are interesting. No, there's, there are no boring characters. None at all. All these characters are complex. All these characters have they have they have like these they have they have like they have like this this question of morality of <laughs> within them. Like it's 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 all all these characters even down to the even down to the fucking kid of 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 uh, <laughs> Shannon uh, Shannon's kid. Like all it like like dude all this bond that that Shannon's kid is seeing it has to rub off him eventually. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, but I I love the, the the interesting elements of all these characters. Yeah, no, you're right. And even with this new character that is Koba, seeing like he just kind of runs runs up in here like he owns the damn place, and it's like, oh yeah. So I agree with you what you said earlier about when you're uh, an exceptionally violent or like gruesome kind of not gruesome, but y- you know what I'm trying to say with mm-hmm. uh, being that cruel of a character. It's like mm-hmm. things are not going to end well for you. I just can't wait for the duration of, of this show. And we're going to be back talking about episode two next week of Frank and I, hopefully George will be able to join us. I was, uh, I was really excited to jump on here and talk about it with you. Um, uh, Yorsh is asking, was Kobe even introduced last season? No, no he's, he's, new. Completely he's brand new. Character. Yeah. As of hired him this season. Yeah, no, and that's why you wouldn't remember him because he he was he wasn't mentioned, let alone introduced. So mm-hmm. this is a new character to kind of ruffle everyone's feathers. And and the synopsis for this episode says: One year after the death of Sean Wallace, a new gang is running London, but not everyone is happy, and so a rebellion brews. So yeah, it's uh he's new. I think he's I think he's a great addition to to the cast because 
that man does not give a shit about no. anything. Nobody. There's, there's there's a line that he said in episode two. That I'm gonna I'm gonna say next week. Yeah. That is just like, bro. That's yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just fucking savage. Oh my god. Yeah. No. He's yeah. he's on another level. So yeah, George, you better join us uh, next week. We got to catch up and get your perspective of things. But we appreciate you being here in the chat. I know you, you're doing your own thing um, right now. So, yeah. But uh, but Frank, great start to season two for Gangs of London. And I can't wait for nine more of these things, Bring I'm, I'm excited. I know, right? I know. George, you you go watch episode two and, and then call Frank. Yes, yes. <laughs> call Frank like Frank called me and then I had to call him back and, and we were <laughs> We were saying each other's full names and adding names to it because we were just, oh my God. Oh my God. Call Frank. I, I, I might go to George's house right now and go check it out. Go watch it with him, man. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause I, I want to see his, I want to see his, 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 his face. You're, you're going to be like how we were in, in what was, uh, was it Infinity War? You had already seen it and the rest of us hadn't seen oh, it. And yeah. you're just like watching us watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not being creepy at all. Not at all. <laughs> Yeah, man, that was, that, was, that was priceless, man. That was priceless. You was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because it was just like, no fucking way. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was messed up, but yeah. But Frank, uh, before we head out of here, we do want to remind everyone once again that we will be back next week, hopefully with George, to talk about episode two of Gangs of London. Yeah. Monday is exciting because we're actually going to be breaking down our rankings for all 30 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. That's the, gonna be crazy. The public just I just want y'all to know that Brittany loves me right now, but she's gonna hate me come Monday. I just I just I just know it. I think I'm a I'm gonna hate everyone. It's fine. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I know That's I know coming back is your guy. Um I, you I may or may not have seen your rankings. Oh, okay, okay. Well <laughs> we're stopping to blow a little bit for Monday. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But yes everyone join us uh next Monday for our MCU rankings that'll be actually an earlier pod at 2 p.m central standard time so be sure to follow us here on youtube as well as like this video we are on the road to 200 subscribers and we are at i think 155 so like we're yeah. we're getting there I, I, i'm pretty happy about that so uh also, you can be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search at Watchers Basement. Use the same name, but hashtag Watchers Basement when talking about our show. If you want to send us articles, memes, et cetera, et cetera, you get the idea. But be sure to spread the word about us. And you can also find our audio podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, thanks to Anchor.fm. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out, grow our channel, and to, you know, mess with the algorithms that seem to be everyone's demise these days, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, helps us out, help grow our channel because although we are not a large podcast, we are a proud one. Frank, pleasure as always. It's always a pleasure. Let's get you. Thank you for uh, putting me onto the show because wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm, I'm glad to have somebody to nerd out with you and George. So it's, it's great to, have somebody to, to talk about the show with, man, because right. I mean, not too many people are keen on this show. I don't even know the show even exists. So, yeah, no, cool. I mean, I, I love all British things, and, and this show is definitely right up there with them. So, all right, that's it for us. Join us next week for Marvel. Uh, Frank is also going to be back for Yellowstone next week yep. as well. And then we'll be back one, once again for Gangs of London. So, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day, 
and we will see y'all next time. Peace.